Good evening, everyone. How are you tonight? We are so glad that you're here with us at the North Georgia Revival. If everybody could stand to your feet and go ahead and just greet a few people around you tonight. Welcome them. We're so glad that you're here with us. you've met a few people, we want to go ahead and invite you tonight to go on and get out from behind your seats and come down front to get ready your heart for worship and the word tonight. It's going to be amazing. So go ahead, get on out from behind your seats. And as you do, we're going to welcome Pastor Ken Griffiths as he comes tonight. Amen. Are you ready for an incredible night in the Lord tonight? About two Monday nights ago, in a prayer night, in a very powerful setting of God's presence uh, at Freedom Tabernacle, um, the best way to describe it is when God was described by Pastor Todd as having come and sat down in his book, God is doing a lot of sitting lady in places. He's coming in and sitting and making his presence known. And in that very moment of sitting there, soaking in God's presence, praying and interceding, God spoke to me so clearly in a vision for what's going on in this revival and what God is starting. And I saw coming out of the northern area a giant tidal wave. It was a wave of great proportions. It's what you may see in a 3D Cinemax. And I saw it come and it crashed right into this north region, almost like in the county seat area. And it was a water-based tidal wave. God said to me, he said, this is the first tidal wave that I've sent that has begun this revival. It's what's going on in the baptismal pool in these waters. It's God saying, I'm washing the residue off of my bride. You can kind of imagine I was overwhelmed seeing this, saying, Lord, we're right in that. And he said, yes, but there's another wave coming right behind it. And as I looked and saw the second wave, it had a different form, just as great and massive, but it was a little denser and thicker. And God said, this is my oil. This is the bomb of my spirit. It's coming to heal the church, my bride, and restore those that have been lost and wounded and cast aside. I'm restoring them to their rightful place through healing and through my word. Those who were anointed and called to do great works, God says, I'm healing you now. And that's the second wave that's coming through. And again, it fell with great force in this region. And I understand that because being a pastor, if you are a pastor or minister of any sorts, you know what being wounded is in the ministry. But then God showed me a third wave. He said, this wave is not yet released, but it's coming. It's coming very soon. It was like liquid fire. It was like a molten lava out of a volcano, but not the crusty stuff. It was pure, clear. It was coming with great force. He said, I'm going to bring the power that you've only first heard of. I'm bringing a power that's going to ignite the oil, and it's going to bring power to my church like never before. 
I said, God, is this the outpouring of Joel? He said, you have not experienced Joel's outpouring yet. But this is the beginning of that which you have been promised, and it will come with great power and great revival will be brought to this land one last time before I return. So I want you to get ready. Tonight's the beginning of some new stuff in your life. Can you open up your heart and give God thanks tonight and say, Lord, bring forth the word. was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight it was my turn till I made I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my dream to hide. My 
break at the weight of your glory. Now you've called me a sinner. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, we say,
darkness will break then i'll keep on singing your praise oh, oh nothing can take my hallelujah nothing can take my heart shadows will fade
cross has made a way. Your cross has made a way. Your cross has made a way for my hallelujah. Oh, we say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, with everything I say, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, we say, we say, hallelujah. Oh, we say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, forever we say, hallelujah. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. My praise is a weapon. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. My praise we sing. This is how I
This is how I There's freedom. Deliverance. Your healing. Come on. Oh, this is how I There's freedom. There's freedom. Deliverance. Deliverance.
time that the Lord stepped into a room in the Bible days, the Bible says there was power present to heal them all. Thank you, Jesus. There's absolutely nothing that the Lord cannot do in your life today. No sickness too great. No adversity too large. But Jesus himself has walked into this room today. Father, I just thank you right now that your hand is present, that you are moving mightily in this room. sickness is being dealt with by your strength and your power. Marriages that are in trouble are meeting you right now, Father. Conflict in the home is meeting you right now, Father. Prodigals are en route to this house even as I speak right now. prodigals that are watching by Facebook that are right now being dealt with by the Lord that will walk into this building tonight and will be water baptized that the power of the Lord is going to touch them and heal them. It happens every service. People will call us 30, 45 miles away at 10 o'clock at night. Are y'all still baptizing? We say, honey, come on, we'll wait on you. We're going to wait on you. Hallelujah. I will do whatever it takes 
keep him here with me. Can you lift your hands, Christian? Can we sing that? I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. Because I need you here with me. Come on. Come on. This is your moment to press in right here. Go after him with everything in your heart. No matter. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right over here. Right here. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right here, this section right over here, sing it like you mean it. Zach and Melissa and on December the 2nd you guys came and were water baptized together but you came a few weeks prior to that for what reason? Uh, I came fighting for my marriage I believe on week 40 I had some people from my church come up here and tell me what God was doing and so um, I just came, I was desperate. Um, we're actually just had our two year anniversary in October and yet um, it looked like it was failing. And it's not some place I thought I would be two years into marriage. God was calling us into deeper waters and the enemy was trying to uh, create a divide and uh, he, we were not gonna have it. And so I came on week 40 fighting for that. Um, but you came by yourself. Yeah, I came by myself. So you were at home. I was at home. I had just grown extremely bitter. Um, it's too long of a story to really get into, but I just stayed away from church, even though that's not who I am. I just let the enemy steal my joy, and I just decided that that was done. I just wanted everything. I just wanted to be filled with Jesus, and I wanted to do that with my husband. And um, he can't fight for us alone. We have to stand together. Even though it's only two years of marriage, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have to fight for it every day, and he couldn't do it alone. We have to do it together with Jesus. So, so you came. I remember the night. We have a picture of that. Pull that up if you guys can. If you can pull that back up on the, on the screen. Oh, it's behind us. There they are in the baptistry together. This is after, though, you were baptized a couple of weeks ago standing in for your marriage. There they are on the screen right there. 
And God so wrecked the both of you on that day that we did a wedding ceremony right there in the baptistry. <laughs> so, so the fire of God touched you, came upon you. Tell me what happened in the water. Gosh. I, it's hard to even put into words. I just remember getting here and the enemy was still trying to attack me. When we were waiting back there, it had been hours. And I even looked at Zach, I said, let's just come back next week. We don't need to be here tonight, it's late. We gotta get home to the dogs, it's fine. But he said, no, we're staying here. And I am so thankful, so thankful that we stayed. I, it's worth it, waiting hours and hours. It's saved, it saved us, it, it saved our marriage. And, I, as soon as my feet touched the water, it was like, uh, it, immediate, my bitter heart, the coldness I was feeling was taken over by the warmth of Jesus. He's in those waters. So when I came to get baptized by myself on week 40, um, I remember getting back baptized and the Holy Spirit absolutely wrecked me. I woke up just in, in the baptismal, just bawling my eyes out. Um, but every, all the burden I came with was gone. But when I came back home, the atmosphere was still the same. But I trusted that God was moving. The, 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 the very next day, because um, we had actually, we're, we hadn't talked for a couple of days prior to that. And, and the very next day, we ended up uh, having a great day together. And we left, and we went and got groceries. And we left, and everything was turned off in the house. But when we got home, uh, sometimes we leave the TV on or whatever, and when we got home, we were unloading the groceries. About 15, 20 minutes goes by, and I realize there's something playing off from the TV. And I walk over, and our Bluetooth TV's off. Everything's turned off. The Bluetooth is playing gospel music in the house. And again, we checked our phones. Nothing's on. No Bluetooth. If it was a neighbor that accidentally connected, like they would have figured out after a couple minutes that it, you know, it's not working. But this was going on for 20 minutes, and when I realized it, the Holy Spirit said. I've got angels in your house changing the atmosphere. You guys go to Encounter Church with uh, Pastor Hunter and Liz. Are they in the building tonight? I don't know if they're here tonight. But... Um, Amy, where are you? Come here, Pastor Amy and Pastor Jeff. Would you help her up on the platform? I know you've been standing a while, everybody, but I, I want you to hear these stories of what God's doing. Pastor Amy and Pastor Jeff, Pastor Newbridge Church over in the Lawrenceville, Buford area. Come on. And, and Pastor Amy, you came last Sunday night to be baptized. Tell me about what you had heard about what God was doing here and why you came last Sunday night. So I had heard that people had been coming up here and being healed. And I needed a physical healing. So I prayed about it and came up here last Sunday night. Jeff was preaching at our church, so he couldn't come. Uh, but I came in faith just believing that the Lord had something for me. And I was scared. So if any of you are in the room that are feeling fearful, I understand that. 
Um, because even physically, I shouldn't have been able to have been baptized. My, I have a metal leg. I had a car accident seven years ago that um, took the life of my mom, and I was told I would never walk again. And I ended up with a metal leg that causes a lot of pain and a lot of limitation. So I came for healing. And I told your pastor that I was immediately touched when I came on the property, not just from the Lord, but by you people. Because this house shows so much honor to the people that come on this property. And you know, Jesus in the scripture said he could do no miracles in his hometown because there was no honor. And the Lord showed me as I was sitting there that honor and miracles and faith go together in that scripture. And, and they go together here. And I was so touched by that. And because I've learned that people who give honor, it's not because the person they're, they're honoring is worthy, but it's because they are honorable themselves. And so this is a house that is honorable and is showing honor. And even when I came in, I was so blessed by the music, by everyone that spoke into my life. And the same thing, the minute my foot hit that water, just the power of the Lord came on me. And ever since I've been up here last Sunday night, I feel like I have fire in my bones. I came up, I could tell some difference in my leg, but I could tell the biggest difference in my heart. I came up a different girl. It was such a cleansing. And even when I was baptized and went into the water, I felt like I was under there for like 10 minutes because of all the Lord was doing, that it seemed like it would have taken a whole lot longer to have cleansed and purified and healed. It's exactly like she said, it's hard to put into words. And I had not given my testimony. I only said that I needed healing. And when they brought me around to the wall, I never even looked at the lady who was ministering to me, but this is what she said. She said, I feel like you have so much joy and that you are so victorious and it is because of the prayers of a godly mom who is in heaven watching you right now. And I knew that that was true. And she knew, and I knew the Lord was speaking to her because she didn't know me. So I went home and the Lord has just been 
He has filled me. He has rested on me. I have been preaching to my chihuahua (laughs) because she's the only one in the house, and I just have so much coming out of me, and it's from the Lord, and I give him the glory. It is the Lord. But I felt like if he gave me an opportunity to come up here, that I wanted to show back some honor to this house. Because he chose y'all for a reason. And what you have here is so special. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I want to encourage you, if you're in the crowd and you're going back and forth about being baptized, it feels embarrassing, you didn't bring a change of clothes, whatever is hindering you, just do it. The Lord will meet you in there. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Pastor Amy. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Listen, Zach. You know, guys, in January of this year, of last year, almost a year, I'm walking on this platform, ready to quit the ministry here, struggling, frustrated, hurt. But still love the Lord. And I said, God, I need you to move in this church. And I'm walking toward that baptistry and it's completely empty. And I'm a, I was raised Southern Baptist, so Baptists don't have what I just had happen to me in January. And I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you that was my training and upbringing. And I see that baptistry. I'm right about here. And I see it as full of water as if it is right now. And a strip of fire from the front to the very back, two and a half to three feet wide. And the Lord spoke to me. If I've ever heard his voice before, he said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people in Holy Spirit fire. Pastor Amy, I had no idea what that meant other than I thought... People are going to get saved at our altar, go get baptized, and the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon them, and they're going to speak in new tongues. I had no idea that miracles, signs, wonders, marriages, psoriasis melting off a man's body instantly, a middle school girl that had been struggling with eczema testified last Sunday morning in our church. She got in the water. And she's had eczema for I don't know how many years. Completely gone, vanished. People taking medicine for HDHD get so radically rocked in that water that the medicine is now messing up their normality. Go back and they say, I'm completely healed. People going to the doctors and say, we don't understand what's happening, but you're completely normal. Stage four breast cancer healed. Stage three breast cancer healed. Heart abnormalities healed. 
He's meeting people in that water. And here's one of the reasons why no man can garner any of the credit. It is King Jesus taking back over his church. Come on now, somebody. And so what's going to happen tonight, we're going to have the word of God preached in just a moment. And what's going to happen tonight is that God has spoken to your heart about being baptized. We have 200 pairs of scrubs. We're ready for 200 people tonight to be baptized. We had people wait over five and a half hours a few weeks ago to be baptized. And the power of God was as strong at 1.15 in the morning as it was at 8 o'clock when we started baptizing. Because Jesus never sleeps. Come on now, somebody. Greet those around you. Tell them you're glad to see them at the North Georgia Revival tonight. Welcome them. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the house. Thank you so much. This is our 48th week of revival. Come on, give God praise. We have seen God do so many wonderful things. We're going to receive an offering at this time. I want our ushers to come forward and let us receive our offering tonight. And Pastor Billy, there is such a tangibleness of the presence of God in this room. So very quickly, let's receive our offering. You can text to give on a secure way. You'll see the number come up on the screen. Please help us. Please help us in continuing to financially support the revival. It cost us about $3,000 every Sunday night to do the revival. Our church is 100% committed to do that with or without you. And it's just a sacrifice that they've made. But we do appreciate all the help. And if we all gave some tonight, it would help us not only tonight, but also uh, next week as well. 
Pastor Todd Stewart, where is Pastor Todd? I remember you met with me one day, you and your elders got together and you said we wanted to, you said the word purchase one night of the revival. You sold a $3,000 check into the offering, and I don't, the, the, the purchase is not the right term, but I understood what you're saying. I don't know exactly how we need to say it, but putting seed. Do you realize out of his obedience, the, since the offering that night was paid for, our church, you guys, the following Sunday, sold $14,000 into his ministry? Y'all baptized a couple weeks ago, didn't you? In four services, they baptized 12 people. Come on, give God praise. So I want to encourage you to give tonight, to give generously. You can't purchase your miracle. We're not asking you to do that at all. But just give. Who's here as a lead pastor tonight? Anybody lead pastors in the building tonight? Lead pastors, God bless you. Just, I want you to stand up because we want to sow into your life as well. If you have not got uh, my book called He Sat Down, just stand up, lead pastors, because we want to distribute this to you absolutely free. It's our gift just for being here tonight. And uh, please take one. Help me out, team. Thank you. Lift your hand. We want to, we want to sow into your life. We love pastors. We love churches. This is not a Christ Fellowship Church revival. It is the North Georgia regional and around the world. Thank you. God bless you. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to, to share and to partner together. Thank you, Lord, for the more than enough. That meets every need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's receive an offering. Many of you know a dear friend of ours, of this ministry, of this church, Maya Handler, was baptized last Sunday night. And Maya passed away this past Wednesday. I stood in front of you and we distributed 300 pieces of cloth that had come from Maya's body believing that we'd be saturating this in prayer. She came to our revival three times and got baptized all three times. I don't have clear explanation on why some people get healed and others do not. But this is what I know that we believe the scriptures and we're going to continue to preach the scriptures. And we may not have 100% people getting healed, but we are far, far, far away from 0%. Gary, I talked to you, was it last night that we talked to you? And I apologize to you, and I am so sorry that she came and you came believing and something didn't happen and I, and, I, and I know I apologize to you and you said don't worry about that but I, I just want you to know that you're in a house of love and peace and I'm going to ask our congregation if you have one of these pieces of cloth with you would you bring that to this platform right now all across just come and bring it just bring it right where you are 
Just lay it on this altar, Pastor David, if you can help me gather these. Gary and Cindy, would you come and stand in front of me? And Cynthia, if you want to come as well. And here are the images that, of Maya. This is Maya's father, Gary, his precious wife, Cindy, and Maya's grandmother, Cynthia. I need a microphone very quickly. Let's put these together. And we want to present these to you and place them in your house because we have prayed. Now everything has transitioned to the two of you, to the three of you, your entire family. What you guys do not know, Gary, if I'm correct, is a Jew. His daughter, Maya, was radically saved how many years ago, Cindy? I'm sorry, sorry. How long was she saved? When did she come to know the oh, Lord? She was five, so it was ten years ago. And Gary, you told me last night that because of what Maya had gone through and you watched her, Gary come to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. You want to say something about that? So as my mother-in-law calls me now a completed Jew. So uh, Todd called last night and he, and he apologized. And I said, Todd, please do not apologize. Maya's job was done here on earth. And as heartbreaking as this is, and as much as we are going to miss her, her imprint on the kingdom is going to be larger because she passed than if she never got sick. And as Maya was going, I'll tell you a little bit of something about Maya. As Maya was going through this, the pain, the treatments, sick. She was having a conversation with her youth pastor and she said, you know, Grant, if my dad is saved because of my illness, it was all worth it. So as Todd said earlier that Maya was not healed, I was healed. Mm -hmm. And I will now have eternity with our precious angel. Yes. 
Yes, 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 yes. My Lord Jesus. I saw glimpses of heaven that I never thought that I would see because of that little 15-year-old. And the things that I've learned and how our family has watched her live her, her life, her abundant life, and the difference that she's made on thousands of people already. We are glowing to see the difference that her torch and her legacy is going to lead for the next 50 years plus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks. So as we, as we cried and as this hurt, when Maya passed, she passed with a smile on her face. Right Prior to her passing, she actually had her hand in the air. She was pretty much unconscious, but her left hand raised in the air as she was being welcomed into the kingdom. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Thank you. Pastor Billy Humphrey, it is an honor for the North Georgia Revival to have you and many of your members with Pastor Jeff Lyle and other um, pastors on staff with you from Newbridge and IHOP Atlanta. Tonight is a shift in the spirit. And I want to welcome you to this platform, but before I do, I have to say this. Next Saturday night, for those of you that don't know, is our women's conference. We're almost sold out. We're almost completely sold out of tickets. I don't know if we have just a certain number, but it's crazy how many women are already signed up and registered. You can register, but we only have room, I guess, for about 100 more people. And I know women, I know women, next Saturday night, We'll be baptizing two to three hundred people. We'll be baptizing, I'm sure, to four or five in the morning. Turn around, have church on Saturday. I mean, that following Sunday and baptize another hundred and hundred fifty people that Saturday, Sunday night. But ladies, you don't want to miss the, the special ladies conference. Christina Allen will be ministering. Jill Mathis will be ministering. My wife will be preaching the evening service. Six will be baptizing that night. And uh, you don't want to miss it. So please register. Tonight's the deadline at midnight, cfchurch.tv. It's 10 bucks, includes all your meals. I mean, your meal that, after, that evening, we're going to feed you and come into the house of the Lord and sit in His glory. 
and never be the same. Help me welcome the man of God tonight, Pastor Billy Humphreys. New Bridge, IHOP, Atlanta. Obey the Holy Ghost. Did I get it right? One, two, there it is. Praise God. Well, it is an absolute honor to be here. I, um, I'm kind of undone and blown away with the presence of the Lord. This is my third time to the meetings, but there is clearly an atmospheric heavy glory in this room all over this property it's just there's a i'm trembling and pastor todd pastor karen thank you so much for opening your house opening your home and inviting us in um, my wife and three of my children are here and it's absolutely our honor to be here with you i don't know how to honor you better than you honor but brother we honor you we appreciate you thank you both i um I've had the Lord resting on me all day, and we had some beautiful messes of services this morning. I kind of cried my way through it, but I will tell you this. As I was sitting there tonight, uh, I just felt so much. This is holy ground. I mean, this is holy ground, and um, I mean, I've, I've preached a, in a variety of places. I've preached in Brownsville Revival back in the day. I, preached at IHOP Kansas City. I can't remember if I've ever done this before. I, I don't believe I have. I preached in China and just a bunch of spots, but I felt strongly I was supposed to take my, my shoes off. Because I don't want to presume anything in this place right now. Because the Lord is here. Jesus is here. Ecclesiastes 5 has been running through my mind. I just want to read it and then I want to pray and we'll get into the word. But I feel the joy of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. I feel the wonder of God, the greatness of our God and the sobriety of what it means to be in his presence. Ecclesiastes 5. I'm going to read the New Living. He says, as you enter the house of God, Keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It's evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words make you a fool. I am not going to speak too many words tonight in the name of Jesus. Would you just pray with me? Let's just pray before we get into the scripture. Lord, we love you so much. Jesus, we're here for you. We see that you're doing something dramatic, something miraculous right here in our midst. And we value and honor your presence. And Lord, I say this is holy ground. This place is holy. And you have touched down here in Dawsonville. And we reverence that. We recognize that. 
and we wonder at you. We hold you in high esteem tonight, Lord Jesus. Let every personality fade away. And let Jesus Christ be the only one exalted. Let all the glory go to you, Jesus. And Lord, use me. Use my weak words to, to call people into the knowledge of you. I pray, release the spirit of revelation in this room. Open the eyes of our understanding. Release light and revelation. Let me speak as your oracle. And stand here with me, Jesus, and hold my hand. We love you, Lord. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Well, I just want to share a few things on my heart. I'm um, kind of spinning with so many things I feel like the Lord is saying and doing right now. I want to sort of release a few words and then just get into the message. I'm going to find my way to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As you're finding that, I'll share some things. You know, Many right now are sensing that there's a great shifting taking place in the body of Christ. I just came from a meeting with hundreds of leaders. It was a conference of about 20,000 people, but in the back room meetings in between every conference session, there was about 100 to 150 of us leaders, and we were praying together, and we were setting our face toward the Lord to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church right now. And I'm telling you, it was... I mean, leaders from all over the nations, Chinese pastors, and, and, you know, some that are over 5 million and 10 million, they're in the room with us. And there was such a sense that the Lord right now is releasing a reformation in the church, that He's, he's resetting things. He's taking us back to the ancient paths, that church as usual is over. And I just want to declare that church as usual is over. And I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's not going to be what it has been. And there's a difference coming to the body of Christ. And the way that Christianity is going to be understood and expressed, it's going to be changing in this generation. We have a dear friend, Mike Bickle, and he had an encounter with the Lord in 1983, and the Lord said, I will change the understanding and expression of Christianity in one generation. And beloved, I tell you, I believe we are in the hour of the change. We're in the hour of the transition. And it may look so different that whatever we've done for the last 500 years since the Reformation really was just the scaffolding. This is what's been on my mind. You know, when they go to build a skyscraper, the first thing they set up is all the scaffolding on the outside, and it looks like this amazing work of lattice and, and ladders and, and, and steel pipe and such. And you, I mean, sometimes, the, sometimes it's just really intricate, and, and the scaffolding itself, you could get confused and think that's the building. But every last piece of the scaffolding gets torn down and a brand new mansion is revealed. And I'm wondering right now if we're in such a radical change that all we've ever seen so far is just the scaffolding. All we've ever seen so far is just God setting us up 
for the real thing. Because things are going to accelerate as we get closer to the return of the Lord Jesus. And it can't be church as usual any longer. It can't just be us going through the motions. It can't just be consumer Christianity where we show up, watch somebody else talk about Jesus, watch somebody else worship Jesus, and think we've done our Christian duty. Let me tell you something. The church isn't a building. The church is a people. Come on. A people filled with the glory of God. A people filled with the presence of God, manifesting the very nature of God everywhere we go. There's not certain people that get in the game and then others get to sit in the stands and others are on the bench. No, this thing is a full contact engagement with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's not looking for our little wink and our little tip any longer. He wants everything. He wants all of us. I was just going to share a thought, and I got to preaching. It's a little easy up here. (laughs) It's a little easy up here. So there's a transformation happening, and God's done with church as usual. Of course, you all know that. You're in the middle of revival. Something's happened. It's different. And I would that it would continue. I pray that this would continue to burn and blaze and that thousands upon thousands would be so transformed by the manifestation of God in the midst and that it would just spark all over the place. And I know you're seeing it. Oh, but oh, that it would be a raging fire all over the place. Because America needs a third great awakening. Amen. We need a third great awakening. Well, I was with these leaders and... A friend of ours, Lou Engle, he got up and he said this, and I thought it was so profound. And when he said it, I thought, this is for this group. He said, most revivals don't begin by getting the roof off, but by getting the walls down. He says, when we deal with the horizontal, we have to deal with the horizontal before we can deal with the vertical. He said, when the walls come down between us, Then the roof caves in. And that's the thing that I was so drawn to when I began to hear the story of what God's done here. It's been a unity movement. It's been a oneness movement. And the walls between ministries and and difficulties between this one and that one, those walls have come down. And I'll tell you what, if we'll repent of our smallness and our pettiness, man, between one another, if we'll just get out of all of our little offenses, the walls will fall. And when the walls fall, heaven falls. The roof will cave in. And man, I feel like that's the story of what's going on right here. I feel like it's what God is doing in so many places. He's, he's, he's getting rid of our offenses. He's delivering us of ourselves, isn't he? He's delivering us of all the little things we've got against one another. Why? Because Jesus died for every single one of us. And not just so that we'd be free agents, but that we'd be one in the body of Christ. Isn't that right? And oh, I just love what's going on in this place. So, I'm going to get to Luke 10. Just, just get me. Just hang on a second. But I want to release this. I feel like this is such a strong word for 2019. I was in a conference in the beginning of December. I actually had the opportunity to go to a conference, which I almost never get to do, but I did. A friend of mine said, hey, come to this conference. I'll pay your way, and I, I love a free lunch. So, I was like, oh, man. So, I went to this conference, and um, it was a, a fantastic time because... 
literally from the time I walked in the door, divine appointments started happening for me. And uh, there was a pastor I wanted to meet that was going to be there. It was a guy I'd heard of um, from Upper Room. We sang one of their songs tonight, the pastor, Mike Miller. I thought, somebody told me he's going to be at the conference. And I thought, well, maybe I'll meet him there. That'll be a good time. And literally, I walk in the door, and my friends are talking to somebody. And there's this guy over here, and he's looking over at us. And, and I don't know who he is. And, and he comes walking over, and my friends know him, and they're going to introduce him to me. And, 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 and so he, they say, hey, listen, this, here, this is Billy Humphrey. And, and, and the guy goes, oh, oh, I know who he is. I was reading his book last night. He goes, I don't even know how I got your book, but it was on my nightstand. He goes, my name's Mike Miller from Upper Room. He goes, as I was reading your book, the Lord told me I'd be meeting you at this conference. And it was one after another, after another, after another. And I, I just share this because it's just meaningful to me. But Heidi Baker was there. She was preaching, and she began to pray for us, me and my friend Corey. And she put her hands on our feet, and she said, Lord, bless these little boys. I thought, well, <clears throat> I am a man. And then she said, bless these little men. I thought, that's worse. <laughs> Some boys are small, men are tall. And she just kept saying it, bless these little men. Bless these little men. Bless these little men. And the more she said it, the smaller I got. I started thinking about John the Baptist. He must increase. I must decrease. And oh, beloved, if we could just get small enough and just get out of the way enough for God to actually move. And that's what I feel like right now. It's like if we could just get out of the way enough. Well, the first night of that conference is actually what I want to get to. First night of that conference, the guy that was hosting, he gets up and he says this. He says, I'm, as he was walking on the stage, he said, the Lord shouted into his spirit. He heard it, like almost like a military thing. And he heard the Lord say, all eyes on Jesus. All eyes on Jesus. And when he did, he said it was like calling us to attention. All eyes on Jesus. And I want to tell you, I feel like that's a word for this year. That God is getting rid of the personalities, all, all the Christian show. He's repossessing his church, and he's putting Jesus Christ at the center. That Jesus will have his church again. He'll have the preeminence. And I, if there's something I could give you tonight, I'd say, all eyes on Jesus. Look, we're, many are about to get baptized tonight. But... That water isn't a lucky charm. It's not a talisman. It, it, it's not some, you know, rabbit's foot. You get in there and something special. No. What it is is this. It's God humbling you. Are you humble enough to go get in the pool? The question is, are you hungry enough to go get in the pool? Because I'm sitting here wrestling in my own mind. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't been baptized in their water. I mean, I've been baptized. I got baptized twice. I mean, they sprinkled me once. They dunked me once. Surely that was enough. But pastor's saying there's fire on the water. <laughs> and there's people getting healed by getting in the pool. And the question becomes this. Am I too arrogant 
Am I too theologically instructed to think that somehow I don't need whatever's going on in there? And I wrestled with it. I've been here three times, and twice I sat through and watched. I'm spiritual. I've been baptized multiple times. I don't know. I don't need another dunking. I mean, I always made fun of the Christians. And if you're in here, God bless you, that went to Israel and they get baptized in the Jordan. I just thought, you just look so silly in the white robe and they're getting baptized again. And God bless you if you did it. But I just always thought that was a little silly. You know, you get one, one time you go down and come up. But there's many washings in the scripture. And I, I was thinking about the pool of Siloam, which I'm sure you guys have preached on, right? I'm sure. But I just thought, if the humility is about going and getting in the water, thank God it's not about getting mud spit in your eye. Because that's what he did to him. He spit in the dirt, put the mud in the eye, and then said, go wash it. For me, the question had to become this. Are you humble enough and are you hungry enough to go where God is moving and to engage with the way that God is moving? Does it have to be according to your way or is it okay if it's God's way? And so here I am and I'm sitting here going, man, they want me to preach, but I think I need to be baptized. I told, I told Pastor Todd on the phone, he said, listen, we want you to preach, and man, he's so nice, and they're going to take such care of me, and so many, you got to reserve seats and all this stuff, and I go, dude, listen, I think I want to be baptized, is, is that okay? He goes, oh yeah, that'd be great. He goes, you know, preach, give the altar call, you know, and then just, you know, and, and then you can just get baptized. I go, dude, I want to be the first one in the pool, because it's not right. I'm going to come and preach on hunger and act like I got something I don't got. God's moving in your pool. I'm in the pool. And I'm just saying, we've got to get to where we don't care what it looks like anymore. We've had sterile, clean Christianity long enough. We've got to get to where it doesn't matter what it looks like. Till we get Jesus. And if he's in the pool, I'm in the pool. If he's in the parking lot, I'm in the parking lot. If he's under the stage, guess where I'll be? Under there. Because I want Jesus. And my ways don't matter. And how I'm used to finding him doesn't matter. And what our religious patterns are do not matter. Because when he's stirring the water, I want to get in. Look, I'm not here to get you to shout. I'm here because I need Jesus. I need God. You understand? This isn't about me getting my preach on. I need him. So when pastor asked me to come, I thought, my God. He's asking the neediest guy in the room. He's asking the neediest guy in the room to come. Come, Holy Spirit. All eyes on Jesus. All eyes on Jesus. 
so I'm just confessing to you as a weak man, I'm in need. I don't know, Pastor, do you have an interpretation? Do you want to do anything with this? We'll just move on. I defer to you. Sid Roth, do you have an interpretation? Lord, we hear your voice, and we want to listen. We want to sit at your feet and hear your voice. Thank you for speaking to us. Well, somebody thinks, well, what was that? That was a tongue and interpretation, and that's in the Scripture. But what you don't know is that just bottom-lined my message for tonight. Look at Luke 10, verse 38. Mary and Martha, you're familiar with it. Maybe too familiar. Man, I didn't even look at what time I started, you know? (laughs) Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all of her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I want to be very clear. The Bible tells us that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loved them the same. He wasn't, he didn't play favorites. He loved them all the same. And and I want to be very, very clear. This is not about the contrast between praying and serving. Otherwise, Jesus would have to rebuke himself. Because he said, I came to, to serve, not to be served. I am among you as one who serves. This is a contrast between the heart posture of these two sisters. Martha and Mary had different heart postures. And because their hearts were different, the outcomes of their life were different. And so we find this. Jesus is in the house. And Martha, the Bible describes her in words that you just don't want the Bible to describe you. 
distracted, worried, bothered until she's accusing Jesus. And then she's praying to Jesus, command my sister to help me. She's actually doing a prayer live according to her own will. We actually get to see what it's like when you pray amiss according to your own lust. Martha actually does it. She's distracted, bothered, worried, full of accusation, and interceding according to her own will. Mary, on the other side, is basically doing nothing. She's sitting. In fact, whenever you find Mary in the scripture, you'll find her sitting. Their heart posture comes out in their physical posture. And she's sitting at his feet and hearing his voice. And I will tell you, that's the true spirit of prophecy. When you just sit down, shut up, and listen to him. When I read the Ecclesiastes 5 a minute ago, I mean it. I'm thinking about all of our words, all the things we say. We so often just preach to hear ourselves. And there's a time when you need to let your words be few. And that's the difference between what we see and Mary. Mary doesn't say anything here. And Martha is bold. She's feeling herself that day. And she accuses Jesus, don't you care? And beloved, I would just tell you, I would love to stand up here as some man of God and say, and you can't be like Martha. But as I was staring at this passage in the last couple of weeks, I lead a house of prayer. We pray 24 hours a day. We worship 24 hours a day. And I'm reading the passage. And it's so evident to my own heart that this last season of my life, I've been more like Martha than I've been like Mary. You know, you can have a name that you're alive and actually be dead on the inside. You know, you can go to the revival church and actually just go through the motions. You, you can know all the ins and outs, the trappings. You can have the clearance to get in the back room and take communion before the service. But there's a huge difference in being around Jesus and being with Jesus. And it's easy to be around Jesus because the entourage is always around the one that's got the touch, aren't they? You can be in the entourage and you don't even know the person's middle name. Jesus had an entourage. But how many knew his heart? Here's Martha, distracted. I think we live in the most distracted generation the earth has ever seen. We actually have laws against distraction. Distracted driving will get you a ticket. They had to criminalize distraction because we're so distracted. All of our little notifications, our little buzzers, our little badges, all of our little likes, all of our little comments, 
And we are so distracted that we can barely even dial in and focus on Jesus. You know, you can come to church, sing the songs, and actually never engage Jesus. And I personally just had to grapple with this. And I'm confessing my tendency to be like Martha because I'm a visionary. I like to dream dreams. Well, that verse in Ecclesiastes says, oh, the much activity will give you a lot of dreams. It doesn't mean that it's a dream born of the Spirit of the Lord. And I look at Martha and I say, Lord, am I distracted? And he said, son, you know the answer. But it boils down to this. Martha didn't end up managing her time very well. She didn't end up making very good choices. And she couldn't manage her emotions. She was really ticked that Mary wasn't helping. And I just want you to get the picture. The master is in the midst. And all Martha can think about are her preparations. Her preparations, the Bible says. God is in her house and she doesn't stop to pay attention. How often have we run right by Jesus going to work for Jesus? I'm not saying we shouldn't serve. We should serve. But the question is the posture of your heart. Is your heart postured in a service that's trying to get something for him or prove something to him or other people? Or is your heart postured in a way that it just doesn't matter about all the trappings, you just want him? Because if your heart's postured like Mary's, when he shows up, you stop. You stop what you're doing. This is what my pastoral team and I, what we've been talking about right now is we just want to put it all out before him. Whatever's in our hands, we want to put it before him. We don't want to presume anything. We don't want to act like we know anything. He's changing the times. He's shifting the power bases. He's changing the expression. I don't want to act like I know what he's doing. I need to shut up and listen to his voice. So I want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Because ultimately it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what my will is or what my preference is. It only matters one thing. What does the Son of God say? What does Jesus Christ think? Because there's coming a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings. And this is the day that the Father is absolutely jealous about, the unanimous exaltation of his Son till all the nations bow at his feet. He wants his church in that posture now. And oh, if Jesus could just be the Lord of the church again. And not just the Lord of the church, but the Lord of our own hearts. The Lord of our marriages. The Lord of our families. The Lord of our jobs. You know... You may not be called vocationally into the ministry, but every single one of us is a missionary. You're either a vocational missionary in the ministry place, or you're a vocational missionary in the marketplace. We're all called on commission, the Great Commission. We're all missionaries, and by virtue that we should all be having our head 
our head to his breast to hear what this, the heart of, of Jesus is saying. Here's the thing I've come to realize that I'm dealing with right now. Mary's spiritual hunger compelled her to stop. To stop. She shut it down. She slowed it down so she could hear from Jesus, so she could stare at Jesus, so that Jesus could be everything. If Jesus is there, nothing else matters. When the master is in the midst, nothing else matters. The question I have for me and the question I have for you is this. Are you hungry enough to stop? To stop all your social media for a minute. To stop all your Netflix. To stop all your busyness and all your running around. To stop what you're doing and hear him. Are you hungry enough to stop? Because so much of our activity is us toiling to prove that we're valid. We're trying to prove to everybody, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. See, God's working in me. We toil for validity and we're like the hamster on the hamster wheel. Running and running and running and never moving forward. He's done with all of it. He's done with all of it. I'm telling you right now, he's asking for everything. He wants it all on the table. He's going to hit it all with fire, and whatever stays, he's going to use. And whatever is burned up, it's gone. But guess what? You want it burned up right now because there's a day coming where we're going to stand before him. All of our works are going to be put before him, and the fire's going to hit those works. People are going to show up with wooden skyscrapers, and fire will hit it. It will turn to ash. It will be nothing. Judge me now, Jesus. Judge me now. Burn it all up now. I don't want it. At the judgment seat, burn it all up now. I don't want my hands on anything that you haven't put in them. Let me just tell you this. Something I'm grappling with. If you can't slow down, your identity is probably more wrapped up in your doings and your achievements than it is in him. If slowing down isn't an option for you, your identity is more about what you do than it is about who he is. And beloved, I'm telling you, if there was ever an hour to repent of a Martha spirit and to embrace a spirit like Mary's, that hour is right now. We have to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. He wants us to open our hands and offer all that we have and all that we are to him. This is my prayer. Have my heart. Have my kids. Have my marriage. Have my ministry. Have all the hidden places. Just take it all. Just take it all. The end of personalities. The end of 
pomp and circumstance and American Christianity, American churchianity, the end of all of our doings until it's just Jesus. Until it's just Jesus. Just Jesus. We need Jesus. He wants our attention. He wants our affection. Let me tell you something. I'm, I promise you. If you try to hold back what you have in your hand and protect your thing, God will take it from you. Because he is jealous. Do you understand jealousy? Deuteronomy 4, do you understand? Our God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. He's jealous for everything that has our affection, that has our attention, that's not him. He's jealous. He's burning in jealousy. Proverbs says this, jealousy is a husband's fury. He wants you and he wants nothing else to have you. And I feel that so strongly on my own soul. He doesn't take what's in our hand because... He's mean. He takes what's in our hand because he's love. He doesn't want us to have something less than him with our affection, our attention, our time, and our obedience. He's not looking for our winks. He's not looking for our tempt. He wants our whole heart, all that we own, all that we are. Jesus wants to get you reduced to the place where you just cry out and you say, Jesus, I need your love. I need your presence. I need your attendance more than I need anything else. I'm just going to close right there. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is in this room, beloved. I know we're in revival. I know some of you are here every Sunday night. Some of you, this might be your first time. But I feel such a strong invitation from the Holy Spirit. He wants to take us deeper. He wants, I, I love what Pastor Todd said, he wants to shift something even in this revival. Let's all just stand to our feet. Are you hungry for Jesus tonight? No, really, are you hungry for Jesus tonight? I'm not looking for a pep rally. The thing that distinguished David from Saul is he wanted God's presence more than anything else. Saul wanted the praise of men. Jesus wanted the presence of, I mean, David wanted the presence of God. And that's the heart that he wants to put in us. I'm going to give an altar call. This is not for baptism. This is for salvation and rededication. Listen, if you're in the room tonight and you've been compromised, you've been away from the Lord, maybe you've been backslidden in your heart, or you're in the room tonight and somebody brought you, said you got to come to this church, crazy stuff's happening, come check it out. And right now you're realizing you have one huge need. It's Jesus Christ. You realize that you're lost without him. 
The Bible's clear. Our sin separates us from God. But Jesus Christ died. He shed his own blood to deliver us from our sin, to set us free, to cause us to have new life. It's called being born again. And you're sitting in here and you're wondering, have I ever even become a Christian? Have I ever been saved? Have I ever been born again? If you're wondering that, this call is for you because he's right here to meet you. If you'd say to me tonight, I've been backslidden. I've been away from Jesus. Or if you'd say to me tonight, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life, but I want to. I want you to step up from where you're standing right now and get down here in this altar. Come forward right now. If you need to get right with God, come now. Move. He loves you. He wants you. He wants to cleanse you. Forgive you. Set you free. keep coming some of you you went into a holiday funk you've been serving the Lord you've been doing good you went into the holidays and you just you turned away from the Lord you need to come get it right right now just come you won't find a more supportive group of people than the people in this room nobody's here to shame you they're here to love you to see your life change tonight. If you need Jesus, come. If you need to give your life to Jesus, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just let the Holy Spirit settle in on these folks. If you're here in the altar, just begin to bear your heart before the Lord. He knows. He knows. He wants everything. He wants you. He wants all that you are. There's several still coming. Just come. Just keep coming. Do you have a ministry team? We didn't even talk about it. What do we do? Huh? There's an altar team. Should I call them? (laughs) We're real organized tonight. (laughs) If you're part of the altar team, please come. Please come and just minister. Just begin to pray for these folks. We'll do a prayer of salvation in a moment. Just begin to pray. Let's let the Holy Spirit settle on these folks. The Lord's in the room. beautiful sometimes we have our formalities and we got to pray the perfect prayer and they got to say it just right the Bible says this all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved you come down here you go help Jesus that that counts just ask him to help you you're in this altar right now you're coming back to the Lord just ask him say Jesus help me save me I turn away from sin. I turn away from how I've been living. I turn towards you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. A 
coming forward, you're confessing that you need Jesus. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. Here you are confessing Jesus, declaring that you need him. Come, Holy Spirit. We're going to give the call for baptism in just a moment, but we're going to minister for a second. Those of you that answered this altar call just now, I want you just to look at me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of commitment. I am. I want to tell you something. Jesus loves you. He loves you, ma'am. He loves you so much. He died just for you. He cares so much about you. He cares about all your hurts in the past and all your days in the future. He loves you so much. He, he wants to make his love so real to you. That's why he made you, is to love you. That's why you breathe air, is he made you to love you. Let's all just pray this prayer together. Now, you that are in this altar, I want you to say this with me. Say it out of your mouth. This is a prayer of commitment. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ. Say it loud enough so you can hear yourself. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you tonight, and I call on you to save me. Save me from myself. Save me from my sin. I turn away from sin. And I turn towards you. Cleanse me, Jesus. Deliver me, Jesus. Change me, Jesus. I am yours. And I'll love you. And I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a great hand clap. Let's give these people a God bless. Pastor, what do you... What do you want to do? I'm going to have to defer to Pastor because he knows what to do. I don't. Pastor Billy, you guys don't know. He just spoke a word in the house. So timely. I'm sitting right next to Sid Rolfe. Many of you don't know who that is. Most of you do. He had heard about this revival and wanted to come and experience it. He's prepping himself to be baptized right now. Sid Rolfe holds ingredient to the kingdom and he was super excited to know that you were preaching tonight so Billy I, he sat there and he told me he said he was the right man for the hour because there's a shift in the atmosphere you, there's something that's shifting and he said Todd I'm coming he says, I want the, he says, I want the glory of God to fall upon me and to reside on me the rest of the days of my life. And this guy ministers and preaches to millions every single day all over the world. Pastor Billy, your word tonight is so on, on point. I want you to go and get ready to be baptized. Sir. Yes, 
stay right here. Stay right here, Pastor Billy. Stay right here. Now listen, there are other lead pastors. Just feel the Holy Ghost that need to be baptized. Your, your co-pastor, Pastor Jeff, has already went to change because he wants to be baptized with you. So our other two co-pastors are here. Our yeah. other two co-pastors here, some of our executive team are here. I mean, if any of those folks want to get baptized, can we come? If you, what you do is Jesus says, do quickly. If you're a lead pastor and want to be baptized, we're going to baptize you first. I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. Right here. Right there. Right there. Right here. Come on. Quickly, right here. Are there others? Come on. Just come on right up in here, Todd. Thank you. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you this, and then we're going to open up the baptistry. Pastor Matt Scott and Pastor Stevie. Yes. Are you guys, oh, you know them from Moody, Alabama. We were with them Friday and Saturday, yesterday morning in a Methodist church that's on fire for God. We baptized 80 to 100 people in a beautiful, wonderful Methodist church that's wrecking their congregation. The Holy Ghost, the glory of God is falling. And here's what happened. Here's what happened. Pastor Stevie and Pastor Matt came to a revival service because they read about it in Charisma magazine. Sat in the worst chair in the building. God touched them. They got baptized. The fire of God falls in their church. Every lead pastor, every lead pastor, I want to invite you to come. Lead pastor, come. Now here's the second part of the invitation. Right here. Where do you pastor? He's a missionary. He's a missionary. A friend of yours. Fire of God's going to touch you. If you want to be baptized, orderly, come and make your way this way, this way, right here, and form a line. I want you to come very quickly. Very quickly, but orderly. We don't need a healing line to pray for folks that hurt. Come right now, just come all across the room. Come all across the room. We have clothes for you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. They're going to be standing for a few moments as we facilitate all of the people. It's going to take a few moments. Come on, we're going to need to form the line. Mary Beth, or Pastor Amy, I got Billy's shoes. Can I go back? Yes. No, these are mine. I got them. They're mine. What size do you wear, Pastor Billy? Yeah, all the way right here. Pastor Billy needs to be facilitated very quickly. Pastor Tom. Where is Pastor Billy? Did he go? I don't know. He's going back. Lift their hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you're going to do, the healings that are going to take place, the manifestation of your glory. Father, we have done to the best of our ability to magnify you. This is not a man. This is not a church. It is about you and you alone. It is about your glory and your strength, and you're going to meet your people in the water. Father, they're going to exchange their clothes for dark clothing. They're putting on grave clothes. 
And Lord, when they get in that water, would you touch them? When they go under the water and they submerge, Lord, they're underneath the water, would your fire fall upon them? And Lord, when they come up out of the water, may they come up new creations, healed, set free, delivered, on fire, purged, cleansed, joy. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Father. Let's worship the Lord. It'll take about five to eight minutes to transition. Our team is in preparing let's worship the lord stay in a posture of praise you can have it all lord every part of my world take this life and breathe on this heart that is can have it all. 